Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. A few weeks ago, I ran some audio from Captain Craig Sleeman that was captured while fishing for walleyes on Lake Erie. I hope you enjoyed that podcast and found it interesting. But going back and listening to that audio reminded me of a conversation I had with Captain Craig during the trip. He's a New Yorker, and one of his favorite bites is winter perch. Craig, thanks for joining the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I live in northern Wisconsin, and when you showed me the photos of the perch you were catching during the winter, I assumed they were caught through the ice. But you're actually open water fishing these jumbos during the winter on New York's Finger Lakes. Tell me a little bit more about this bite. Yeah, it's a bite that's been around for a number of years, and we've had a lot of transition with our population of perch. Uh, up in New York State here, we have a, a limit of 50 uh, yellow perch per person per day, and there's no minimum length on keeping them. And other bodies of water, I know up in uh, Chimo Bay, they have unlimited amounts uh, that you can actually take from the waterways. But in our region, what we've been fishing for are school perch that are are basically staging to spawn. Our, our lakes are very deep. We've got 11 finger lakes in the, uh, in the upstate New York region, and each of them has been glacier formed. So we have a lot of north-south uh, running lakes that are very, very deep. They're almost like giant valleys. And a lot of our perch um, actually do a lot of suspending during the summer. And when it's ready to spawn, you know, starting this time of year all the way through our winter seasons, since we do not um, reach a lot of that hard water, uh, based on the depths, they just can't get to the temperature of, of freezing. Um, I know Seneca Lake is is a 680-plus foot lake uh, that they've even done submarine testing in. So, so it really doesn't get a chance to reach that freezing temperature. And so we're targeting fish that are on these ledges, you know, generally speaking, anywhere from 35 to 50 feet. And then as the months kind of continue and the further we get closer to that spring spawn, you know, our fish will move, move off on the vegetation where they're getting a little bit more oxygen and They've got a, a place to build their nest so they can actually actually do their spawning. So it's late November right now. When do you really start to get on these fish? You know, right now the population has been pretty good. We actually fished uh, last week. We had a really good bite going on over in Cayuga Lake and also in Oneida Lake. Um, but our fish start to really show up in better amounts and bigger numbers. And they really start to pack the pounds on with the maturity of their eggs right around the middle of December. So just after Christmas, I remember last year, um, on Christmas Day, I fished open water over on Cuca Lake, which again, one of our finger lakes. But um, I think as soon as it turns first of the year, we start to get into, uh, you know, January, February, we still have open water. If you can find a 35 to 50 degree day, any of those, any of those times a year, it's actually a, a, a great time to go out and start looking around. Um, we generally use, you know, underwater Aquaview camera. We do a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of underwater towing. We take that camera at about two miles an hour, grab a sub sandwich and you know, put some miles on and put some waypoints in for later on in the year. And otherwise we're running our Lowrance sonar. We, we do a little bit of live scope, um, you know, when we can, some live imaging, um, just, you know, driving around, just looking for those pods of fish. And, you know, they're starting to really set up come February and March. I mean, March is really a killer month. The fish are really mature. They're starting to really look for those, those breaks on each of our lakes. Again, being that valley format, we don't have a ton of flats. And so, when we do find fish up in the flats, they're easy targets, you know, that 18 to 20 foot. And you're talking about looking for kind of those drop-offs. 
What makes one drop off better than another one? Um, you know, to be honest with you, it really relates to, you know, what part of the lake and, and what currents are available. I mean, you know, learning more and more about how even in the Finger Lakes, you know, in, in our system, we still have ends of the lake that have feeder rivers and feeder creeks and we have locks. Um, down in Seneca Lake alone, we have the Seneca Canal. And that, you know, tends to be changing time to time. And depending on the flow of that, of that exit of that water, it can position the fish. So it all relates to, you know, what the current is doing and where it's pushing, you know, bait fish. We do get a lot of, uh, you know, alawives, which I have found perched to eat them, even though they are a large, a large bait source. Uh, but we're also getting a lot of the invasive species, you know, the goby and the sculpin. Um, and a lot of our fish do, do feed on, um, you know, freshwater shrimp too. So wherever it's pushing that bait, we can sometimes find those current related breaks or their access to deep water as well. I mean, we've got breaks that'll break, you know, down into the 50 to 70 range. And then we've got breaks that'll fish, you know, all the way down to the two and 300 range. So depending on the current and depending on, you know, that deep water access, we're usually looking for fish that are pushed up against some of those points and some of those bays where that current gets a chance to either settle or again, push some of that bait up into those regions. So once you find those fish, how are you targeting them? Um, our presentation in the last few years has really been interesting. Um, like I said, going back to our conversation previously, we talked a lot about how most fishermen, when they fish perch, are using double rigs. They run, you know, two minnows stacked on top of each other with a pretty large drop shot on the bottom. And we've seen to have a lot of success casting quarter and three-eighths ounce jig heads with small swim bait plastics. Um, anything that's got a paddle tail or uh, swirl tail and sometimes a j-tail minnow um, we're finding that the larger the bait the larger the fish and that seems to really hold true with these perch it's funny when we talk about metabolism and cold water we learn a little more scientific you know notes about what these fish are doing and the more that we can slow that bait down and put it in front of them with that larger profile it seems to me like those bigger fish tend to eat you know and, and they want to eat with that bigger bigger fish bigger bait in mind and so if they're going to expend that energy to go and attack something to fill their bellies they want to get a full meal you know it's like sitting down this week at thanksgiving and sitting down to the big turkey you know i'm going to grab that big drumstick because it's the biggest piece of meat on the table and the perch are kind of doing the same thing so we've gotten away from using the ice fishing method of you know small mousies and small jigs and you know small minnows to to actually fishing larger um, baits. I mean, swim baits, we use a lot of, a lot of minnows, but we put them on the bottom. We usually fish, you know, that quarter, that three eighths jig head because we are again, fishing deeper, deeper region of the lake. And we could be anywhere from 30 to 50 feet of water. And to get that lead all the way at the bottom, we've got to use heavier stuff. So most of our stuff, we target our fish on the bottom. And you're, you're using minnows along with those jigs? Yeah, it depends on the bite. You know, each day the fish will kind of tell us what they're after. I mean, the, the swim jig is obviously that little paddle tail jig, little swim bait has been deadly just because, you know, I hate putting my fingers in a minnow bucket in 35 degree water, but you know, it all depends on, on what they're doing. And, and if the fish are a little bit more inactive and they're a little more lethargic on those colder cold front days and, you know, maybe not so much wind, we'll, we'll try to finesse them using a big fat head, you know, a fat head minnow, or, you know, sometimes grab a rosy red for a little bit of color, depending on the water clarity. Now you said earlier that, uh, you know, your limits are 50 fish limits in New York on these finger lakes. Um, there's certainly a lot of guys out there chasing them and trying to put a lot of meat on the table and have a nice fish fry. But you guys are tournament anglers, and you're really looking for kind of those bigger fish. How does the strategy change from someone who's out there chasing the big ones for tournaments compared to somebody who just wants to fill a bucket? 
Yeah, there's a complete different mentality with that. And again, you know, we know that perch are amazing to eat, but you know, obviously those smaller those smaller fish will tend to school up and be in larger amounts of schools compared to some of our bigger tournament fish. And we've actually done a lot of underwater research with that AquaView camera and seeing where those fish actually congregate in that larger format. It's a definite different mentality. And I can remember back to a tournament uh, we fished in Cuca Lake a few years back where one of our, our tournament um, uh, competitors had come in and said, hey, how, did, how many fish did you guys actually catch today? And we looked at each other and honestly, our, our truthful answer was, we only caught 10 fish. And uh, he thought that that was kind of the joking matter considering he had 70 uh, with his partner in a cooler and they had outfished us, you know, numbers wise. But unfortunately to our, you know, to our hard research and our development of looking for these single fish that were in with some other fish, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, we ended up winning the tournament with almost a 10 pound total for our five perch. So we had almost a two pound average. And I think he came in with six pounds with his five best. So understanding that, yeah, that mentality definitely changes. We look for fish to school with other big fish. And we know that, you know, in the Finger Lakes, we've got smallmouth bass. And fortunately for us, we found that, you know, this is kind of a secret out of the bag is that these larger perch congregate with the large mouth or with the smallmouth bass, if you will. So we're actually targeting smallmouth, hoping to catch perch. And what that allows us to do is, is really hone in on some of those bigger, you know, meaner, more, uh, more, you know, going talking maybe in 14, 15 inch fish that hang out because they feel comfortable in that size school compared to the, maybe the nine to 12 inch fish that may school up and, and, and hang. And, you know, those are, what we call our, our meat fish and we'll go, you know, meat fishing plenty of weekends and, and try to fill freezers. But at the end of the day, when we're competing, we're actually looking to single out some of those bigger fish that are hanging with some of the other species. And it can get a little tedious. You know, you might catch two or three, four and five pound smallies before you catch the right perch. But again, we only need five. So, you know, you may spend all day trying to get those 10 or 12 bites, but they always are the right bites. Yeah, it must be crazy out there. <laughs> Pulling in smallmouth after smallmouth, hoping to catch a perch. That's <laughs> an interesting uh, situation you're in there. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's something that we've kind of, you know, overlooked for years and singling out some of those bigger fish. And we're kind of taking that same mentality, you know, into our walleye fishing too. You know, that, you know, a lot of these fish, they may not be schooled fish, but they might be two or three of the right ones on the right rock pile. We've kind of transferred that information over to the perch and it's really working out really well for us, so. You talked a little bit earlier about some of the lakes that you've been hitting. What are some of your favorite lakes? What are some of the favorite destinations that you have for chasing these perch in New York? Yeah, right now, you know, all the history books have, were written back in the 80s and 90s. It was Seneca Lake. And Seneca Lake's had a really tough time here in the last few years, you know, with the zebra mussel and clearing up a lot of that water. And I think what's happened is the fish haven't left, but the fish have just gone deeper in depth. We found fish even out to 70 to 90 feet this year. And, um, you know, that just tells me that that clarity of the water, since it is cleaning up the algae and we don't have as much of that, we'll call it green water, you know, a lot of our fish are leaving. They're really tough to catch in 70 to 90 feet. And plus, you know, if you're looking to release some of those bigger fish for tournaments and keep them alive, you know, those air sacs tend to burst at that, at that water pressure change. And so we're, um, we're finding that, that that lake has been tougher and tougher. So we've been, you know, more targeting Cuca Lake it's been a great lake. It's got, you know, 30 to 40 foot breaks and, and we can seem to, to find a heavier population of fish in Cayuga Lake and now even Cayuga Lake and Cayuga Lake spelled with a C, C-A-Y-U-G-A. Cayuga Lake has been just absolutely full of perch. And uh, like I said, we ran a couple of trips here the last few weekends and it wasn't, it wasn't, I think we had a competition with a couple of kids on one of my charters where, 
we had how many can we catch in five minutes? And between the three of us, I think we caught 12. So if you can catch 12 fish every five minutes, you know, add up an hour and you're, you're well into the hundreds of fish for a quick trip. So, you know, it's been, it's been more of a targeted, a targeted lake and you know, the masses it seemed like every time I looked around, everybody had fish on. So we're kind of just been hopping around and, and, you know, finding new, new areas where, where perch are prevalent and, and just targeting those fish with higher populations in those places that we can, you know, get a line wet and, and actually have some fun. And we're venturing off the Great Lakes for this show. We're in the Great Lakes area still. Not the first uh, show that I've done on the Finger Lakes, so I think I can get away with it. But tell me about, I know you do some perch fishing on the Great Lakes as well. Tell me a little bit about that. My backyard is Rochester, New York, and just north of Rochester, northeast just a little bit there is Irondequoit Bay. And Irondequoit Bay is just one of those big, huge feeder bays that's had great perch fishing here in the last few years. Um, all the way a little bit further, about 15, 20 miles back to the east from there would be um, Sodus Bay. And Sodus Bay has had a great population of perch as well. So we definitely do some fishing there. The ice for sure comes into Irondequoit and into Sodus Bay. And we've had a lot of guys have some great success. I fished there last year over at, uh, you know, one of the little creek bottles that came out. We had a great day over there. I think we caught 50 or 60 perch. And so they can be, you know, great targets for anybody looking to get on the ice. Um, right now, actually, the reports are pretty good as well. Open water's been real good. Um, had a couple of buddies send me some pictures here last week of some really great catches. So the bays that are on the south end of Lake Ontario have been awesome um, in these last few years. And then as you work your way up around to the east end of Lake Ontario, you know, Chameau and, and Henderson Harbor, those guys get great ice. And they've had populations for years that have just been outstanding. So um, haven't been fishing on Lake Erie too much, although it's been really good. Had some good reports out of uh, – Cataraugus Creek and you know, down to Dunkirk area. Um, we're actually driving past it right now. We're headed to uh, Lake Erie to uh, finish up the fall brawl this week and do a little walleye fishing down there in uh, between Huron and Cleveland. But yeah, the Great Lakes for us, I mean, it's only an hour, you know, to, to Lake Erie and only about 15, 20 minutes up to Lake Ontario. And over the years, they've just proven to be great fisheries at the right time of year. So we've been talking tournament fishing, but we've also been talking a little bit of meat fishing too. What's your favorite way to prepare those perch? Ah, great question. Um, I've had a lot of people um, with some, some, some different recipes over the years, and I can't claim this, but if you've ever had a perch on the half shell, um, it's one of my favorite ways to do them on the grill. Some of the bigger fish that we catch, um, especially tournament days, we try not to keep too many of the big hens, but the ones we do end up keeping, we put them on the half shell. So we'll actually clean them and leave the skin on, remove the, uh, the rib bones out, and in what we like to call indirect heat. So on the grill, we turn on one side of our grill, but we'll place the fish um, fillets with the skin down on the indirect heat. So the side that's not on. And I'm telling you what, you put a little bit of salt and pepper on them, baste them with a little bit of butter, and you'll never, ever take a fork and taste a fish as clean and clear and as awesome as a yellow perch is on the grill. So give that a try. Put the fryers away, or if you didn't want to clean your fryer after the, uh, the turkey that you had in there, we love putting them on the grill. It's healthy, and it's, uh, it's a great way to eat them. Awesome, Craig. Fun to talk to you. I know you're on the road. You're headed out to do some fishing on Lake Erie. But uh, was there something about perch fishing that I didn't ask you that you wanted to bring up today? You know, I think it's, it's just to take a kid fishing. I think if you can find a really great pot of fish. Um, I had a really great trip, you know, last week on a, on a charter with two kids that just didn't get out much. And they, they have some ponds in their backyard. They really love fishing. I think introducing a a kid to fishing and taking them, especially on a good perch bite where you can pump the numbers into the, you know, the fifties and sixties and just give them that. We like to call it practice of, of setting a hook and it never gets old. And I think even my age, 
you know, as I get up in the years, you know, watching a board go back or watching a bobber go down or, or getting a bite, you know, when a perch starts hit, I, it, I'm just as much excited, you know, today and tomorrow as I was the first time that I got bites. So introducing a, to a, a young, a young adult, you know, to take them out and show them kind of the, the conservation piece, but also just getting a bite. I mean, every kid should have a chance to go fishing, you know, and I think we don't do that enough. And, and in today's age with, you know, all these computers and, you know, being an educator and, and having virtual Wednesdays and having kids, you know, on a computer and staring at a screen, I always tell them my homework is go out, catch a fish and take a picture of it and send to me for extra credit. So if we can just take a kid fishing, I think it's going to really help everybody in the end. That's awesome, Craig. Uh, people want to find out more about you and what you're up to. Where can they find you? Absolutely. Just look us up on Facebook or on Instagram. Uh, we've got a little team, Team Midnight Express. And uh, we've got a, a couple of partners here. We're starting to develop a little bit of a following here. And then uh, we're also on Facebook just under my name. I can't miss my face. I've got two big giant perch in my profile. So have a look for just Craig Sleeman and Facebook. And I'd, I'd be glad to answer any questions and just shoot me a DM and uh, love to get anybody out if they'd like to come to the Finger Lakes and visit and, you know, have a look. Love to take them. Awesome. Craig Sleeman, thanks so much for your time and coming on and uh, good luck this weekend. Thanks, Chris. I really appreciate it. Always nice talking to you guys, and uh, thanks again. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.